the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Who the hell is Robert L. Peters? Robert L. Peters sounds like a very respectable man, right? Robert L. Peters. What could be wrong with uh, somebody named Robert L. Peters? Well, something is wrong in a very big way. That's the fake name that uh, Joe Biden was using at the White House. He invented a fake name for himself, calling himself Robert L. Peters, so he could do all kinds of weird stuff with Hunter and Ukraine. Uh, it's it, it. We got it. We got we we got emails that he was sending and receiving under the name Robert L. Peters, sometimes to Hunter Biden's business associates. I mean, talk about wow! This is is it smoking gun stuff? It's a uh, pretty damn close. You wonder why we're sending all that money to Ukraine? He was Robert L. Peters during just about every little meeting interaction about. About Ukraine. Now, James Comer wants all the Robert L. Peters emails. Did he think we weren't going to find out? I, uh, I, it's just very strange. It was like Robert L. Peters at whitehouse.gov. Fake name. A fake name. Robert L. Peters. Now, what is it? Robinette. Robinette is actually Joe Biden's middle name. Did you know that? Isn't that crazy? Robert, Rob, Robinette. Uh, kind of, um, I don't know. Nobody really knows that, but that's his middle name. So, where are we? This is a, this is, this is developing right now. Okay, this is a good uh, House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer demanded today that the National Archives and Records Administration, the same people who brought you the troubles and the documents for President Trump, hand over all documents and communications in which then Vice President Joe Biden used pseudonyms such as Robert Peters. Robin Ware and J.R.B. Ware, W.A.R.E. Kind of reminds me of Brett Ware, the super across the way. Remember that one? Comer listed the pseudonyms in a letter to NARA in which he demanded access to then Vice President Joe Biden's documents and communications regarding official duties that overlapped with his son's activities in Ukraine. One email, which Comer says the committee has already seen, includes an attachment with the vice president's schedule indicating that he had spoken by phone to then-Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko. The email was then sent to a Robert L. Peters and was CC'd to the vice president's son, Hunter Biden. I have seen emails like that. One email about a uh, a practice, a, a briefing session for a big phone call with the Ukraine president. Joe Biden was the designated foreign policy point person to Ukraine during the Obama administration. The House Oversight Committee argues that Joe Biden threatened to withhold USA to Ukraine in 2015 until wait a second the house oversight committee argues that Joe Biden threatened to withhold USA to Ukraine in 2015 until the president of Ukraine fired prosecutor Viktor Shokin yeah that's true and for for a moment there okay who had jurisdiction for an investigation into the Ukrainian energy company Burisma Holdings Burisma paid Hunter Biden $83,000 a month $83,000 a month. And that was just one stream of income. He had about 55 others. Um, in 2018, Joe Biden, of course, bragged about firing Shokin, which he pushed for during the official visit to Ukraine in 2015. You know, this is why we're sending all these crazy, all this crazy money, all this crazy money over there. This is from the letter to the National Archives. James Comer, great guy, by the way. I'm going to be seeing him later. 
The committee seeks unrestricted special access under the Presidential Records Act to case number 202302-F, entitled Email Messages to and from Vice President Biden and Hunter Biden related to Burisma and Ukraine. Gosh, they really did. They sold us out. It's, it's, it's right here. It's right in front of us. Forget the fake news. They're still, they're so embarrassed that they let this guy off the hook during the campaign. Running around complaining about white supremacy. Oh, by the way, it's really starting to bother me now, actually. So we have a new deputy police commissioner in charge of intelligence, Rebecca somebody. And she's running around telling the media that her top priority is fighting white supremacy. It's a phantom. It's a joke. I hate white supremacy. Okay. It's, it's a horrible, uh, toxic ideology. And those who practice it are pretty stupid. And if they break the law, they should be arrested. But, um, they're saying this to score political, political points. You know, it's, it's being falsely portrayed that MAGA is somehow white supremacy, right? You know that. You've heard those lies before. So when they say they gotta fight white supremacy, it's like they gotta fight MAGA and that somehow diminishes MAGA and it makes them feel good. But real resources, time, energy is being spent on fighting ghosts. Imagine, you know, Ghostbusters, remember those guys? Well, imagine like something like that. Real money, real time, no ghosts, no white supremacists. Go ask the chief of patrol. Hey, how many white supremacists have you arrested in the last year? How many? How many people have you arrested racially motivated for attacking Asian people? That's what I would like to know. Are they white supremacists? Have you noticed anything when you look at those videos? No, they're not white supremacists. Huh. What about that? Anyway, um, because when we chase phantoms and we do things like that, real things get missed. Now, the latest in the Maui fire, which, look, let's say for a second it was power lines. Let's just say for a second the power lines started it. I have grave doubts. I don't know what the hell happened there. But lately I'm hearing it was the power lines, right? So let's say it was the power lines. Let's take them at their word for it, all right? Well, power lines catch fire. That happens. You know what they didn't do? They didn't cut the grass, basically, around the power lines. Now, why wouldn't they do that? Because they don't have any lawnmowers anymore. Why don't they have any lawnmowers? Because they're not buying lawnmowers. Why aren't they buying lawnmowers? Because all the money they're supposed to be spending on renewable energy, solar and wind. So they're buying windmills that can't power a microwave oven. And they're blowing off the lawnmowers, good old trusty lawnmowers to cut down the grass and the trees so the fires don't spread. That's the forest management is a real thing, is a real way to do it. And it's uh, it's kind of old fashioned. And they've known about how to do this actually for hundreds of years. Uh, but that's all, you know, like you can only you, there's only so much money and there's only so much time of the day. So I know it's very fashionable. What's fashionable right now? Uh, white supremacy, fighting white supremacy, that's fashionable. And also um, uh, fighting climate change, very, very fashionable. And um, you see what we do there. You don't buy the lawnmowers and you buy this other stuff that really doesn't work, that really is not going to provide. I think how much does renewable? 6% of the energy comes from renewables. Everything else comes from oil and coal and natural gas and the old-fashioned stuff. Now we're really spending time, energy. They go to seminars. They go to symposiums. They talk about white supremacy. They, uh, um, they just ask them. I would like to ask the chief of patrol. A- ask the mayor. Remember when the mayor came in and he said, I need my brother to be my bodyguard because I'm afraid of the white supremacy. Remember that? 
Remember? And then he showed the very first, his very first day in office was his first uh, law enforcement screw up. He made a big deal about, I don't want to, I don't want people around me. I just want to know people. I, 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 I don't need anybody around. I don't want any security. And then there was a, a robbery right down the block from him. Now, if he were a normal person, a normal mayor with a normal security detail, not his brother, just, you know, a professional security detail, low, low impact, low profile, but it's there. He could have sent the cops to go stop that robbery, but no, he just had to call the police like any other schmuck. All right. So Joe Biden continues to uh, go down. Oh, I know. It's going to be Michelle Obama. It's going to be Michelle Obama. No doubt about it. I went through that. You know that. I know that. The other thing is, uh, hey, what's up with Joe Biden and the ice cream again? I mean, it was cute once. Now it's like this is a threat to children. Anybody, any human being in America who would speak like this to children wouldn't be allowed around children again, right? Cut 20. And I want to say one thing to your children. I know some really great ice cream places around here. (laughs) And Daddy owes you. So talk to me afterwards. Daddy owes you. Daddy owes you. I I don't know what that would. It's like who's your daddy? Doesn't daddy sometimes have a in some contexts? Some contexts. I mean, he's not their daddy. He would be their granddaddy. All right. What does it mean when they say who's your daddy? Right? Who's your daddy? Isn't that like a, I'm in control here? Sometimes in a pseudo sex sex sexual way, a little bit. Right? Who's your daddy? You know, come on, big daddy. Big guy? I don't know. There's something very, very strange there. Uh, oh, and this it gets even weirder. Remember the whole um, uh, Robert L. Peters thing? If you go into Hunter lap, Hunter's laptop, as I have done, you'll find all the text messages. And one of the people in there, uh, one of his uh, uh, contacts, his name is Pedo Peters. P-E-D-O Peters. Pedo, as in short for pedophile. Look, I'm sorry, but you know, you've seen the videos. I've seen the videos. He doesn't touch children appropriately. I'm not saying he's, I'm not saying he's a pedophile. I'm saying his behavior is, um, highly questionable. Highly, highly questionable. I will say this. He definitely touches people of all ages inappropriately. He touches them, sniffs them, licks them, kisses them. Everybody from Hillary Clinton, um, to that, Eight-year-old Asian girl that he couldn't let go of. Remember, in the United States Senate, that poor kid. It's funny he won't let the kids alone, and Nancy Pelosi can't stand the kids. Remember when she gave that kid the brush? Get away from me! Remember, it was pretty. Uh, hey, Curtis, how's he holding up? I saw him on. The, I I didn't get a, a, a chance to talk to him. He was locked up by the cops for protesting outside of Creedmoor, where they want to put the migrants. Did he get roughed up a little bit? Did he get roughed up? Did he mouth off to the cops? I'm sure he did. And he supports law enforcement, so he knows what he's doing. This is like a, what do they call this? Civil disobedience, right? Civil disobedience. So there's a role for that. Yeah, you know, you you break the law, they lock you up, they give you a ticket. All he did, now all Curtis did was chain himself up to a, a, to a fence that wasn't his, public property, and prevented anybody else from accessing the facility. That's all he did. <laughs> and I love it. Cut one. Curtis, what do you have to say? Curtis, Curtis, what message do I have for the mayor? Curtis, Mr. Sliwa, why'd you, why'd you Mr. Sliwa? What? What's going on? What's going on? 
Is Curtis being hurt? Curtis! Sounds like he's being mobbed. Oh, my goodness gracious. What happened to him? Was he unconscious? Cut three. Let me make PlayStation, 72-inch plasma TVs, culturally prepared food. What? You don't want a bagel with a schmear? I'll tell you what. What about Kona Rosa Bichuelas, beans and rice? What? Right, you stop. Want a chuleta stop. On what the hell is he talking about? What the hell is this all about? Uh, he did this sometimes during the campaign. I didn't know what, I mean, alright, keep going. Let me make mention that, suggested that maybe, uh, I take on Eric Adams in two years. The swagger man has no plan. I'm going at him because we need to save our city. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Um, hmm, hmm. You know, I'm thinking about doing the same thing. Should I be out there getting arrested? Is that what it takes? I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, bagel with the schmear. Cut five. Eric Adams, you have forsaken your own people. <laughs> Kathy Hochul, you have forsaken your own people. This is the New York State Psychiatric Facility for residents of New York, for American citizens who need to be hailed, healed. So make use of Creed Mall for what it was built to do, to help people with mental health care issues, not house illegal aliens. All right, very good, very good. To, ha- to help uh, uh, mentally unstable people, like 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 some people we know. Uh, that was good. Stay on message, Curtis. Stay on message. I love it. Now, what was cut three again, please? PlayStation, 72-inch plasma TVs, culturally prepared food. Oh, I know. He's, he's, he's going through all the items that they're giving away to the migrants. What about Kona Rosa Bichuelas, beans and rice? What? You want a chuleta on top, a pork chop? Yeah, it's too much detail. It's too much detail. The taxpayers will pay for it. All right. Um, oh, here's here's Governor Hochul getting nasty. I love it. Getting nasty. Getting nasty. Let's see how nasty. Nasty with Mayor Adams because Mayor Adams is whining and crying. He is he has annoyed and totally ticked off everybody in the city. I mean, regular people, Democrats, Republicans, far left, right wing, conservatives, MAGA, Antifa. They all hate him. More when I come back. Thank you, Curtis. Good work. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Quick reminder, uh, MAGA is not right-wing or anything like that. It's not far-right extremism. It's make America great again. It's uh, going to Mars. It's securing the borders. It's uh, excellence in schools. It's uh, less regulation, not more. Lower taxes, not higher taxes. It's law and order. It's preventing terrorism. It's keeping drag queens out of the schools. It's not getting into stupid foreign wars without the intention of even winning. Uh, that's what MAGA is to me. Is any of that stuff far right? Is any of that stuff right-wing extremism, Judge Ludig and the rest of you? It's a great agenda. Now, they can't beat that agenda. Uh, Joe Biden and his crazy stuff, that, that, that will not win. So they have to, have to take Trump out. They have to lie about him. They have to accuse him of being a white supremacist. All this ugly stuff uh, to fool people who are not paying much attention. 
who are smoking dope, who are watching Netflix, who think that they have to be cool. And how do you be cool? Well, you go with uh, whatever's kind of uh, new and nifty. Uh, and anointed by uh, the fake media and the elites. And right now, that's racial justice, that's Black Lives Matter, that's men wearing skirts, all that crap. All right, just leave us alone. Hey, you can do all that stuff as an adult. Don't foist it on kids in the uh, schools and media. You know what? You have, you, you're trying, you're desperately trying to create a race war in this country. Who, the most emblematic people. The people who actually represent almost all of what, how horrible the media are. Two individuals, um, that David Muir pretty boy on ABC News who doesn't give a damn about anything, just hair gel and looking, trying to be, trying to be taken seriously. And, and Maggie Haberman, Maggie Haberman, that, that she's the print reporter of the New York Times. It's all that they want to be. And they will, a lot of the white reporters, to be honest, are really hung up on race. They're, the biggest fear they have is to be called a Karen and they'll do anything it takes to not be called a Karen. Does that make sense? Um, now speaking of Karens, um, <laughs> sorry, I hate Karens, but I'm really not fond of Nora O'Donnell on um, CBS. Did you know that women can now, uh, fly in the air force? Well, that's fine. That's been the way for a long time. I flew with William, female pilots uh, in the military. Um, I liked having them around. They were good, good pilots. They were there's nothing wrong. They were like the guys. Some good pilots, some bad pilots, some great pilots. It really kind of made no difference. And I actually liked having women around. I did. I thought it was a good. It was good for the environment. It was good for like the for the team. You know. I mean. Anyway. The idea that women should be flying an ejection seat aircraft when they're pregnant, when they're pregnant. Yeah, this thing is uh, taking off. Everybody's pretending that this is good. It's horrible for the unborn child and deadly. I'll have more. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You heard about that doctor, right? The doctor in the, uh, where is he from? Connecticut. And he's an MD, 32-year-old doctor. Uh, Bautista is his name. Looks like a very reputable guy, Dr. Michael Bautista. But he went to that crazy nightclub over in Brooklyn for a 10 o'clock music show with his friends. Um, there's this place called the Brooklyn Mirage. And all kinds of strange stuff has been happening there. People go there. They go to a concert. They take drugs sometimes. And people are waiting right outside to take advantage of them, take their ATM, and sometimes kill the guys or poison them. And they're throwing them in the river. So this guy, uh, allegedly, the story goes, uh, was uh, confronted by somebody. Uh, but it's a very strange story. I can't tell if uh, if we're getting all the facts here. Um so they, he gets, he leaves the club and this guy jumps in a car with him and says, uh, you're going to come with me for the rest of the night. We're going to a party. And he says he doesn't want to go to the party, but he says, no, you're coming with me. And so they go to another party. But at this point, the guy doesn't have a gun. He just like kind of told him, you're coming with me. And they go to another party. And then they go inside, and that's when he starts to get really nervous because the guy says, I'm packing. I'm packing like I'm packing a gun. And then they go to the Bronx, and they go to a pizza parlor, and then they go to a, 
a, a bunch of stores and buy stuff. This guy says he's being kidnapped the whole time. Uh, and then the kidnapper goes to the barber shop and gets his hair cut. I guess that would be a good time to run away. Although, wait a second, maybe, okay, it looks like he had another guy with him. So there were two guys on this poor Dr. Bautista and, uh, and they drove all the way to his hospital and he goes inside and he says, these two guys have kidnapped me outside. Very strange. Um, but I hope he's, uh, that could be very traumatic. I, I think more details will come out. They arrested two guys, two bad looking dudes. Uh, well, one bad looking dude. One guy looks like the devil. The other guy looks just like a normal guy. The suspect is Anthony Benjamin, 42. Oh, they went to a strip club too. Uh, he, he kidnapped him and brought him to a strip club and taken money out of his, uh, ATM, uh, every step of the way. You know, we don't know the whole deal about the 2020 election. You know, of course, that they uh, took advantage of COVID and changed the rules for voting. Pennsylvania is a great example. Two ways to vote. They said you could vote in 57 different ways if you want. You don't have to provide an excuse for absentee. We'll mail ballots to all these people. We'll mail 32,000 ballots out and 32,000 ballots will come back. In two hours, we're not going to ask any questions about how that happened. Well, I'm going to ask questions about that happened. And now that they're trying to throw Trump in jail for raising these questions, uh, well, we get to ask them all over again for a long time. It felt like the FBI was going to show up if he asked too many questions. And what was up with the water main break in Georgia? Huh? Anybody remember this? This is uh, uh, November 2020, a few days after the election. Cut 22. We've also got some breaking news right now, so we want to check in with CBS's Mark Strassman. He is in Georgia, where they're having a big problem counting some of the votes. Mark? Nora, this is a, uh, an election return watch party uh, here on the edge of Atlanta. These are mostly excited Democrats because when's the last time Georgia thought of itself as a battleground state? After a record early returns and, a, and essentially a day of problem-free voting, there is now a hitch in the tabulation of votes. I'm standing in Fulton County. Fulton County includes a chunk of Atlanta. Downtown Atlanta is State Farm Arena where the Atlanta Hawks play. They are tabulating the absentee ballots of Fulton County, Georgia's most populous county, a water pipe has broken inside the arena. They had counted 86,000 absentee ballots. We don't know how many more they have yet to tabulate, but all the tabulation of those ballots has now stopped. We're told by election officials they may not finish tabulating those votes for a day or two. So depending how close the rest of the state is, we may not know the result of this critical battleground state for another day or two. That is because, again, a water pipe has broken in State Farm Arena. State Farm Arena is where they were counting the absentee ballots of Georgia's most populous county. And now the tabulation has stopped. Whoa. Big development here. But, Mark, wow. do you know how many how many ballots we're talking about? What that means? We don't know. We, we've, we've asked that question, Gail, and we haven't got an answer for that yet. We, we know that there were 86,000, but apparently it's a very labor-intensive process. And what they are telling us is that it's going to take a day or two, which suggests to me that they have a lot to go. <laughs> uh, wow. You know, I never saw pictures of that uh, water pipe that broke so bad that they had to suspend counting the votes. Did you ever see that? Then I heard, oh, there was no, never a broken water pipe. That was fake news, and that was a conspiracy theory. That is findable, what you see right there, what we just played. How many votes did uh, Joe Biden, quote-unquote, win Georgia by? Hmm? Let's see. Vote 2020, Georgia. Let's see. 
That guy said that there were, uh, looks like 23,000 votes. 23,000. 23,720. And that guy was talking about 83,000 outstanding votes. Something is totally rotten. And I'm glad, actually. I'm kind of glad about some of this stuff, this trial. Although it was funny, she couldn't even she couldn't even stifle her own laughter when she said this was all apolitical and she's just following the evidence. Give me, please. All right, Gino, what's up? Hey, Greg. Bottom line is basically they're sleepers. We have a modern day Trojan horse. These are American. Excuse me. These are military age strapping guys. Here on Staten Island, I saw them, and the only Salvation Army store left on Staten Island, they were holding vouchers, and they were from Central Latin South American countries, and I'm not prejudiced, and Arabic countries whose government hate our guts. These guys were teens, 20s, and 30s. Slow down a little bit. Just calm down, all right? Are you in duress right now? Are you okay? Are you in no. safe? You're safe, right? Hopefully. All right, you're safe. I- you're safe. Just slow down. All right, so uh What? A five-minute walk away from Fort Wadsworth. That's where they want to put these unvetted military-age guys. God knows what they're trained. There are many of them, I'm sure, are sleepers waiting for another 9-11. Sleepers, That's- yeah, sleepers like they got a mission here. They came here. Look, man, I actually agree with you. I don't know what the hell's going on. Military-aged, yeah, that's weird. It's weird that so many men uh, without dependents have come by themselves. Actually, they're coming from China. And you know who told me this is really suspicious? Gordon Chang. Like, this is basically the beginning of World War III. I don't trust anything or anyone right now. This is one of the strangest moments in American history. Letting them in the door like this, it's like they've given up on purpose. What is going on? Hey, uh, what did you say about the Salvation Army? Are you okay? What I'm saying, what I said to you was, I've been on the phone as an American Marine for 13 months, 13 weeks trying to get vouchers. For American veterans All right, thank you. I knew you were going to try that. Thanks. All right, gee whiz. You know, you're on the phone. I told you to write a letter. Write a letter, all right? And stop lying about your name. Dave in Staten Island, you too. What's up? Greg, I have a gift. And when you were talking about the woman pilot, a picture came in my mind of her giving birth. The baby comes out and comes down with a parachute. Well, that's cute, but uh, the baby would uh, die in the mother's womb. And this is what I'm talking about. All right, look, it's an ejection seat aircraft. And it makes it's totally logical that pregnant women should not be flying uh, and sitting on ejection seats. Having personally ejected from an aircraft myself, it does a number on the body, on the back, on the brain. <laughs> it can really screw you up. It can actually kill you if everything doesn't work just perfectly. To put a baby in the mix, a pregnant woman riding one of these things. I've been to amusement parks where they don't let pregnant women ride the roller coaster. Listen to this. Everyone's pretending that this is the best thing in the world. Oh, back to Nora O'Donnell. You know, the moment she says something true, they come running in there and say, don't say that anymore. And she gets the message. Anything. She'll say anything as long as they keep brushing her hair. Uh, and this is, uh, yeah, they said, this is good. This is good. Pregnant women flying in uh, a complex aircraft with uh, ejection seats. That's somehow good. Cut 23. B-1 bombers are some of the fastest planes in the U.S. Air Force. It's a really, really fun airplane to fly. 
For Majors Lauren and Mark Olmey, they also gave liftoff to their love story. Where did you two meet? We met at the United States Air Force Academy. The rest is history. Hey, hold on. These pilots are... I have no problem with these two pilots, all right? They fall in love. They're beautiful. They're B-1 bomber pilots, all right? And they're just doing what the policy says. I have a problem with leadership. Now, this is where it gets weird. Go. Now, expecting mom is among the first pregnant pilots to fly an ejection seat plane in the Air Force. So you have flown supersonic pregnant. Is that right? Yes. Looked over and I saw Mark in the other aircraft and knew that flying with my husband in the other aircraft and carrying hopefully the next generation bomber pilot while flying supersonic was it was quite the memory. Until last year, the Air Force made it nearly impossible for pregnant women to keep flying. Mark, yeah. what did you think of the policy change? Now, the Air Force, who has spent a lot of time and resources to develop these professional pilots who, who are female, you know, they can continue to contribute in the ways that they want to. Stop! See, that's a problem. Did you hear what she said there? The Air Force policy was that pregnant women could not, until recently, until everything went crazy, until they started letting transgender people serve openly and doing videos about them and making them generals and all this nonsense, instead of focusing on the mission. You know, when I was in the military, quite frankly, it was in the 90s, and there was still, there was a lot of ancillary crap that we had to do that had nothing to do with the mission, that that was a pain in the neck. We had enough to do back then. Now they throw in all this diversity, equity, and inclusion, and uh, everybody gets a this and a that. It's a, you know, Gender Awareness Day, and the, even the Marine Corps wearing gay pride flags, the Marine Corps. Now, uh, that policy made sense. You can't have pregnant women flying these aircraft. This is it's not their choice. Gosh, I guess uh, I don't know. I really was amazed. This is a dark, dark thing that's happening, and the media acts like it's so. This is so beautiful, and they found those two. I'm sorry, those two chump pilots to go along with it. That this is somehow that this is somehow good. Now you have to get a waiver. You have to get a waiver. You have to get a doctor's note to 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 get to fly like this. Why would you want to do that, Sandra? You have children. Would you ever? Would you have ridden in a roller coaster when you were pregnant? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I, I follow the rules. If the sign says only people who are not pregnant can go on, then I follow the rules and I don't go on. That's I mean, how I would pregnant do it. people aren't even supposed to eat sushi, certain types of sushi, and they're flying ejection seats. It's, um, it really is. Everything is, the world has gone mad. Anyway, uh, what's, what's up? Well, I was wondering, you know, when we found out about the terrible fire in Maui and we first learned that Biden would give each person $700. I said, that's not very much. It's two weeks of groceries. So then, you know, then after he said, uh, I don't want to talk about this, then he, he did a little better and he's doing the more appropriate things. But my question is, so this happened in a very, very, very desirable location. Like it's like the waterfront of Maui. So people who are going to rebuild this are going to do very, very, very well. So I know that these right. people will be taken care of, but I want to know, will they get to go live back in the beautiful new things that they're going to build? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know. I'm not there yet, all right? I'm not there yet. I still want to know about how this damn thing started. I also want to know, what not it weird that the chief of police there in Maui is the same guy who was chief of police 
back in 2017 when they had that um, horrible mass shooting where like 100 people were, were killed in Las Vegas. The on-scene commander there, uh, Pelletier, I think his name is, Pelletier, is the same chief on duty there, the same chief on on duty in Maui. Isn't that weird? I think that's totally yeah. freak. I, 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 that's like nightmare stuff. And the guy looks, quite frankly, um, more special operations military than police. I'm sure he's, I mean, uh, look, I got to make clear here. I just think that's a pretty wild coincidence. He didn't do anything wrong. He's not a bad guy, I'm sure. But uh, that's that's uncanny. I think that might be the word, uncanny. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you very much. Um, oh, you know, too many people in our military, I think they would be more comfortable serving in the Iranian military. You know, General Mark Mutiny Milley is about to leave. His time is up, and he's going to be replaced by General Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown, huh? <laughs> uh, this is what Charlie Brown thinks of America. He made this speech as a four-star general um, right after George Floyd died in the middle of a presidential campaign, and he made it in uniform. And he seems to uh, not be comfortable with America. I think he'd be more, I think he'd be better off in the Iranian Air Force, quite frankly. Cut 21. As the commander of Pacific Air Forces, a senior leader in our Air Force, and an African American, many of you may be wondering what I'm thinking about, the current events surrounding the tragic death of George Floyd. Here's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about how full I am with emotion, not just for George Floyd, but the many African-Americans that have suffered the same fate as George Floyd. I'm thinking about protests in my country, tis in the sweet land of liberty, the equality expressed in our Declaration of Independence and the Constitution that I've sworn my adult life to support and defend. I'm thinking about a history of racial issues and my own experiences that didn't always sing of liberty and equality. I'm thinking about living in two worlds, each with their own perspective and views. I'm thinking about my sister and I being the only African-Americans in our entire elementary school and trying to fit in. I'm thinking about then going to a high school where roughly half the students were African-American and trying to fit in. I mean, he's not happy no matter where he goes. He doesn't like it when it's mostly a white school and very few blacks. Then he doesn't like it when it's half black uh, and trying to fit in. Dude, we all try to fit in. All right. High school was a crummy time, except if you were... uh you know, the head cheerleader or the quarterback, right? Everybody else uh, was totally and thoroughly traumatized by school. Uh, sorry, you still have this uh, animosity and resentment. You don't belong in the United States military. Be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I'm very pleased that some people are doing whatever it is in their power to stop this stuff, this horrible persecution and prosecution of uh, of President Trump. Now, there's an impeachment effort underway uh, against the uh, district attorney in Fulton County, Fannie Willis. Isn't that fantastic? 
I love it. This guy is a is a fairly new lawmaker. And he says, no, I'm going to do what I can. A Republican state senator in Georgia has moved to impeach the Fulton County District Attorney, Fannie Willis, from The Guardian. Uh, the move comes in the wake of Willis's delivery of a 41-count indictment against the former president, Donald Trump, and his operatives on state and racketeering and conspiracy efforts to reverse Trump's 2020 presidential election loss in the state. Alleged election loss, okay? On Thursday, Colton Moore, Republican, I'm going to be seeing him in a little while, wrote a letter to Governor Brian Kemp. Ugh. Rhino, in which he called for an emergency review of Willis's actions. We, the undersigned, hereby certify to you that in our opinion, an emergency exists in the affairs of the state, requiring a special session to be convened for all purposes to include, without limitation, the review and response to the actions of Fannie Willis. Moore represents Senate District 53. As a Georgia state senator, he said, I am official, officially calling for an emergency session to review the actions of Fannie Willis. America is under attack. I'm not going to sit back and watch as radical left prosecutors politically target political opponents. Politically target political opponents. Yeah, that's what he wrote. In a statement reported by right-wing media outlet Breitbart, right-wing we must strip all funding and, if appropriate, impeach Fannie Willis. I love it. Anything that's in your power. Of course, no one should threaten anybody. You know, I guess this one, some kook out there said, I'm coming to get you, Fannie. Well, that's against the law, and you can't do that. I mean, she really threatened something. She threatened something specific, was going to, like, you know, I don't know, some weapon involved. That's against the law. It should never happen. Uh, but I'm sorry. Every time there's a big, major event Kooks from all walks of life, of all motivations, of all, you know, the, the philosophies, whatever, deranged people are going to come forward and say stuff. But suddenly, MAGA, it's MAGA, it's Trump, it's Trump that's fueling all of this. That is so unfair. You know, for every right-wing lunatic, I'll show you a left-wing lunatic. I show you a lot more, Antifa. Don't forget the guy who drove to the ball field in, uh, where was that, Virginia, and shot up all those Republican congressmen. He was a great big Bernie Sanders supporter. I don't blame Bernie Sanders for a minute. You know what I do blame, though, uh, for something else? The hostility toward cops. Did you see that great uh, officer up there in Connecticut? She um, was confronted by that guy with the hammer. You know, four years ago, do you think some guy would just walk up to a cop, and if a cop says, drop the hammer, they would say no, just like that, no, and keep walking right at the cop? That's happening now. It's encouraged. And I see it from, you know, that crazy lady on the plane who saw the invisible man. Remember her? And then she walks off. Well, I just saw a body cam of the police confronting her. And she says, F the cops and screw you. Get out of my face. And the poor cops, since she's not actually in the moment doing anything illegal, they let her go. Hey, I just heard this also. The guy who kidnapped, allegedly, the doctor, (laughs) he's already out of jail. He's already out of jail. Went for a joyride all over the place, holding a gun to this guy, stealing all his money. He's already out of jail. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Anybody ever watch the Good Morning America show? Good Morning America. It's still on TV. Grumpy and weird George Stephanopoulos, goofy Michael Strahan, uh, and um, mm, overall nice person, Robin Roberts, a little bit overrated, 
Uh, but enough with the wedding, huh? Now, why are they, why is this wedding such a big deal? Why is this wedding the biggest deal in the world? Why are other anchors from other networks and other morning shows going across town during the morning show to go over there and present gifts and that kind of thing? Hmm? Why is that? Hmm? Why is that? Uh, cause Robin Roberts is marrying a woman. All right. She's a lesbian and marrying a woman. Uh, and that's why. That's why. That's why it's uh, it's the media event of the of the morning. It's not. Uh, I don't want to say the century, but the media event of the morning show world that Robin Roberts is getting married to. Uh, you know, then that does. I think it is. You know, um, yeah, I do. I, I'm going to go really way out on a limb here. I know that uh, marriage is between a man and a woman. Um, and I think that, um, it says so in the Bible. It says so in the Quran. It says so, it says so in a lot of places, actually. And, um, this is antagonistic. What's happening here is, uh, they're, they're thumbing it in the nose of believers. Now, you could say, I know people, I just, um, I don't, that, that, they're, 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 it's provocative in a negative way. Um, I mean, I get it. All right. They passed an amendment. They passed a law. Now, uh, to, uh, this is overdoing it, I think. This is, uh, you're trying to rearrange society. You're trying to chase God out of the public square. You really are. Um, I don't like it. I wonder what Robin is really getting at here. My understanding is she's a very nice person. She's a woman of faith and all this, and um, it's fine. You love who you love, right? But uh, to make it a big thing, I'm going to say I'm like Barack Obama, all right? Marriage is between a man and a woman. And um, for the rest, civil unions. I promote civil unions. That was the position. Uh-oh, here's James Flippin. I don't, <laughs> James, I got to uh, uh, welcome back, James. I'll get to hey, that Greg. in a second. I do have to finish this up, though. I think that um, uh, Barack Obama in 2008 said um, he wasn't for gay marriage. He was for civil unions, all right, between. Yeah. And I think that is a, uh, is a viable position. And anything beyond that... I don't know. I just I think it's contrary to uh, Judeo-Christian values. Yeah. I think it's a but that's an opinion. And this is an opinion show. And uh, if you disagree with me, you are welcome. But I do think there's something. Anyway, listen, how are you? I'm great. Uh, you weren't uh, five minutes ago. <laughs> it's the first time I ever heard you yelling and screaming and breaking things. I'm the guy who's supposed to do that. Yeah. I, I do. Let's see. I used to do that. Right. I, I think I've turned over a new leaf. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, there are other people who are known to do that. I won't say, but you, you're supposed to be Mr. Mild Mannered. What uh, the hell happened out there? Well, you know, I, not to give too much of a peek behind the curtain or whatever it may be, but no, my microphone's having a bit of an issue. So no, you're the one having the issue. <laughs> Leave the microphone out of it. All right. I mean, whatever the hell happened there, you can't say it was the microphone well, you know, was acting it, it, up. The, the the way the radio clock flows, you know, we build up to that top of the hour news. That's kind of like my chance to really, you know, tap dance and kind of put on a little bit of a presentation. And if it doesn't work out perfectly, I, I get a little perturbed. Well, all right. Let's talk about uh, you know, a little perturbed. I mean, you think it went beyond <laughs> Diego was hiding under the desk. I mean, people were interns were walking away. The security guard was uh, getting nervous. All right. No, look, the whole two o'clock, two o'clock, top of the hour thing. That's kind of that's 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 old fashioned. It, yeah, it's a little bit old fashioned. Nobody cares what time it is anymore. All right. It used to be a big deal. Like we needed somebody to tell us the time. Everybody knows what time it is every moment of that. We all know. For sure. It's like two o'clock. Like what? Why? 
I mean, you could like constantly, you could like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when. It doesn't even matter the order. It doesn't matter. I, I don't think it matters. You're, you're talking about like the delivery of the news and when it's presented. Well, I mean, to, it's the top of the hour and here are the, like, like, I just don't, it, like, it's, I, and you don't have to make such a big deal out of it. I mean, what? not you, but I mean, it's like uh, the headlines. I mean, we know what, I mean, I look at the headlines all the time. We all yeah. do. We're scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not like at a heightened state. You guys, you news anchors want us like all amped up and scared. Well, no, I think that the, the difference is in essence, it's kind of like a palate cleanser to an extent because you guys are the op-ed opinion producers of the station. I know. And you see how chill we can be? Well, I think it pretty, you know, you can, but, but you, you can be very, because we're shot out of a cannon. You know, it's like here we have an opportunity to present content in a short form and we try to give you as much as we can. With some energy and some and some pizzazz at the top of the hour, shot out of a cannon. Yeah, that's how you look at it. I think so. Yeah, it's like you know you've got a a brief amount of time to present as much content. Take as you all can. the time you want. I don't. I don't well, we got to get back to your show. Well, I don't know. I think I, I, look. I mean, your delivery is great. I'm just saying that it's the it's not you. It's that you know what got me talking about this. The radio clock. You said the radio clock as if it's some sort of special clock. Mm. It's just a clock. Well, you have your affiliates that we have to join up with. And, you know, like you've got your uh, structure and you've got your time that listeners plan to tune in and hear you. The affiliates. I forgot about them. Never mind. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) never mind. I didn't forget about you, beloved affiliates. Of course not. All right. So, listen, um, I just happened upon this and I wasn't really going to go there. But do we have this thing with Gail King and uh, going over there and making a big deal out of the uh, lesbian wedding? I think it's a little bit much. I think it's I think they're. Look, all right. We probably have some common ground on this issue. Really? In a weird so, way. so people just tuning in. James happens to be gay. I know. I was shocked too. Um, not too shocked. I mean, I was. Sh- I was surprised. I mean, people out there, <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. I mean, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, I'm starting to find myself having a problem with it mm-hmm. somehow. I don't know, and I understand some people would say, "Oh, you're 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 you know you're narrow minded or or worse," but. I was watching the morning show over there on CBS News, which I don't take very seriously, in part because Nate Burleson, one of the main dudes there, wears um, a short, short pants suit. Oh, really? A suit with short pants. I mean, like, uh, they, they totally overdressed. It just, I mean, underdressed in that case. Yeah. Like, just too much about the clothes. So, like, his football pants. No, 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 no. Short pants. Like, the, the suit mat, like, pinstripe short pants that go with the suit. It's really bizarre. Huh. Um, all right, you ready? Let me hear all this stuff. This is Gail King makes a big deal about going to uh, uh, Robin Roberts' wedding something. Go ahead. Gail left the studio a little sooner than expected, um, and we promise you she had a very, very good reason, something we never do around here, but an old friend of hers is getting married. I admit this is a little unusual because, as you know, I work at CBS Mornings, your favorite morning show, across the street right over there. Last place. Morning America. It's a big day today because they're having Robin Roberts and Amber, Sweet Amber, their engagement party. I was invited. I've known Robin since 1994. So they invited me to be on their air live with the party celebration. I even brought a little gift because we are all very happy for Robin and Amber, and I'm so glad I get to participate. Okay, so that was Gail just a few minutes ago crossing Times Square to the other side of Broadway (laughs) and walking into Good Morning America Studio. All right, so Amber Lane is a woman marrying Robin Roberts is a woman. Now, look, 
Anybody who's uh, weighing in on this, even now, I mean, I know this has been around for a while, but a big part of it is almost any straight person, when they're talking about a gay wedding under these circumstances, is has an inner monologue in their head saying, look at me, I'm talking about a gay wedding, and I'm not even talking that about that it's a gay wedding. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm just treating this like it's an ordinary wedding. You know, like two women are getting married and they're having an engagement party, and that's totally normal. And I'm going to not say anything about it being not normal. Because it's so normal. Look at me. I'm just, but they're thinking that. I don't think I, what? Oh, just me? Shut up. It's not just me. <laughs> what do you think that of that? That wasn't me, by the way. Well, uh, exactly. he's, he's giving me a nasty No, I mean, look. I, well, I do think I'm, I'm getting a little bit twisted up because you're saying they're, they're really thinking this, and I can tell they're really thinking this, but they're saying this. <laughs> I mean, that gets a little bit confusing. But, well, but I kind of get what you're saying. In other words, there's a forced sense of, normalcy, acceptance, almost like you don't want to touch the elephant in the room or something like that, right? Like you, they didn't want to discuss that it was a lesbian wedding. Hey, you guys are both gay? Who knew? I don't know. I right. mean, I know. I don't know. And also it's like it does it does violate the principles of basically three quarters of the world's religions. Right. It does. Yeah. And however, a lot of things violate, like, for instance, there are there are straight people who are, you know, commit adultery and there are straight people who lie and and cheat and steal. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like these these crimes against God are right up there. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) so and believe me, I, you know, I'm I'm not better than anybody. All right. right? You know, I mean, like, well, I'm better than I used to be. I'm a lot better than I used to be. All right. But I have failed miserably and I have sinned. We've all sinned. But, you know, nobody's more acquainted with their sin than themselves. But, you know, this is this is. Yeah, I I feel like you have a really earnest approach to this issue. And I think that there's a lot of people who are quick to say there's no way you could have even an earnest belief on something like this. But you're a Christian. You're you're open about that. I know that about you. Um, I've never gotten the sense that you have or, or harbor resentment and hateful feelings towards people that you're not trying not to feel that way about them, right? So I think that you're saying, look, as a Christian, I feel about this a certain type of way. I'm a Christian as well. I think I share in some of those feelings. Like I remember talking to a radio host years ago, and he kind of felt a certain type of way about gay marriage. And I said, yeah, but at the same time, if a gay person isn't going to get married, then aren't they, in essence, you know, only ever going to live in sin? They'll only ever pursue something that's uh, a pursuit of the flesh or, you know, they can't build a family. They can't possibly do anything other than just be single, I guess. Um, but that being said, I think there's a difference between the way the state ought look at something and tax codes and the ability to visit somebody in the hospital and all that kind of stuff. The arguments we heard for years about gay marriage and then, you know, what it is to be married in a church or, or be part of the Christian church or Judaism or Islam or whatever it may be. So I just think that, and I know there's been other commentators that have talked about this, maybe the government shouldn't be in the business of marriage. You know, in essence, if you want to have a rule about cohabitation and taxes and all this other kind of stuff, then do that. And that has to follow certain civil liberties. But the institution of marriage, I I totally understand. I'll say it that way. I, I do understand. But what do we say? Like, okay, so I'm Christian and then I'm uncomfortable potentially with gay marriage. Like, why is that? Just because like, you know, some, some lines in the Bible. I mean, like, 
it's deeper than that. And I think like, I think that the rules are there to maximize our happiness, to maximize our joy, to protect us, right? And ultimately, um, sexual activity is the ultimate pursuit is procreation, mm-hmm. not recreation. And as, as somebody who actively pursued recreational <laughs> activity mm-hmm. of a nature that is not exactly, um, you know, uh, for public uh, discussion or right. anything, like a lot of that wasn't good. Yeah. For me or for anybody else. Sure. Yeah, and I feel like it's, 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 and that, that perhaps if it's not geared toward procreation or within the confines of a marriage, then it actually isn't helpful. Right. Well, I mean, look, I think that there's plenty of couples who, for whatever reason, choose not to have kids. Maybe they can't have kids. Um, you know, some of those families will then look into adoption, which is like something that my husband and I are very interested in, for example, uh, starting out the early preliminary stages of that. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the concept of family, rearing children, all that kind of stuff, it's very abstract in a way because, you know, of course, we know there's grandparents who are forced to try to raise kids when, you know, tragedies happen or, you know, uncles who take over as guardians and, you know, people help out friends and, and they grow that way. So it's it's let, complicated. Let me ask you that just the course of one's day, the course of a day, regular day, a work day, if you're working, right, mm-hmm. how much does sexuality what percentage of the day is taken up by sexuality? Like what, what percentage? It's, I don't care if you're a gigolo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, if you add it up, it's kind of small. It's kind of small. Right. But we have made sex the defining issue of a person. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more to a person. So I have a problem with that. Yeah. I, I, I don't, you know, the, and, and that I am seen by now, a broad chunk of society is nothing more than three things, like white, male, straight. Right. Right? And yeah. therefore, I don't have much to contribute. I And I completely reject that. I think that that's wrong. I think that the whole growth and proliferation of identity politics is one of the worst things that's happened in my lifetime. You know? With all that said, Robin and Amber, may you have a happy life. Congratulations. Okay? Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, we have this from Donald Trump not too long ago. Let's see here from President Trump on Truth Social, where he talks about me a fair amount. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Let's see. Just found this clip of Bill Barr prior to him succumbing to impeachment and other threats of the radical left lunatics. His bravado changed rapidly because he didn't want to be impeached. Republicans have to be much tougher and smarter or you won't have a party or a country left. Barr didn't have the courage or stamina to fight, but he knew what was happening. I canned him and felt really good about it. Now he goes all over the place, especially Fox, pretending he's a tough guy. <laughs> I love it. Nobody, nobody but him. Um, I'll get back to this in a second. Fox has totally fallen out of love with DeSantis. Don't see him over there anymore, but you know who they really like. And I don't blame him. Uh, Well, I do a little bit. Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, They're really pushing this guy. I mean, the reason why it's different for me, it's genuine admiration. I think he's really smart. I think he's uh, very, very uh, powerful. I think he connects, and I think he's uh, got a big future. 
They just got an order from Rupert Murdoch, you know, st- <laughs> the Vake Ramaswamy. Uh, make him feel good. Go. Uh, that's that's the way it works over there. Um, let me see here. This is the clip that President Trump just found. Now, I've seen parts of this before, but I've never seen the whole thing. President Trump just found this clip, and he wants you to hear it about Bill Barr. This is back in 2020, I think. Hit it! He doesn't believe in the mail-in voting. You're, you're the Attorney General of the United States. Why does it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he said, uh, if you expand mail-in voting, this is the president. This is, you know, this, reckless. Well, this is a, you know, sort of cheap talk to get around the fundamental problem, which is the bipartisan commission chaired by Jimmy Carter and James Baker said back in 2009 that mail-in voting is fraught with the risk of fraud and coercion. But since then, and, there and have been a lot this of admin- no, and, well, sorry, that have improved it. Let me talk. Yeah, please. Uh, and since, this, since that time, there have been, in the newspapers, in networks, academic studies saying it is open to fraud and coercion. The only time the narrative changed is after this administration came in. But elections that have been held with mail have found substantial fraud and coercion. For example, we indicted someone in Texas, 1,700 ballots collected he ma- from people who ha- could vote. He made them out and voted for the person he wanted to. Okay? Let's, let's pick this up after the break. I didn't hear that before where he talks about the the commission, Jimmy Carter and James Baker. This is a different Bill Barr, isn't it? As a matter of logic, it was open to fraud and abuse. Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wait, 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 wait. We're picking up with Bill Barr in a moment. There was a serious problem with Bill Barr that people at the White House knew about and talked about. He has an eating disorder. Um, uh, big time, big time. Uh, I couldn't get the whole story. I, I don't know if he's bulimic or what's going on there, but he was eating a lot of hamburgers. He was addicted to cheeseburgers. And I'm serious. There was like a whole big uh, commotion in the White House mess, and he would have the try to go back and have the White House mess make him like extra cheeseburgers, and like got in the way of the other pr- food preparation. It was a it was like a thing behind the scenes. All right, but um, before he was worried about impeachment, before he just became a great big worry wart, he was pretty brave. And well, listen to this. Knows but it. there are individuals uh, cases, but as far as widespread fraud, we haven't seen that since. Uh, since well, we have we haven't had the kind of widespread use of mail-in ballots that's being proposed. We've had absentee ballots from people who request them from a specific address. Now, what we're talking about is mailing them to everyone on the voter list when everyone knows those voter lists are inaccurate. People who should get them don't get them, which is what has been one of the major complaints in states that have tried this. In, in municipal elections, and uh, people who get them are not the right people. They're people who have replaced the, occup- the previous occupant, and they can make them out. And sometimes multiple ballots come to the same address with a whole genera- several generations of occupants. Do you think that's a way to run a vote? Well, uh, the only thing I'm saying is that so far we haven't seen widespread fraud. But So far we haven't tried it. Well, and the point is that a lot of us... Did- uh, there are several states that only have mail-in voting, including a Republican. Well, state this like is Utah. playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. 
And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government, and people trying to change the rules to this to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous. And the people are playing with fire. Wow, huh? Wow. I never heard the whole conversation, the whole exchange. Hmm. And that was in August of 2020, less than three months before the election. I think all those issues that Bill Barr mentioned were resolved in three months and three days after the election, you couldn't even bring it up. Now it's borderline illegal, inappropriate to somehow mention up. I don't think that was a right, a right way to do the election. You can't talk about the commission. Yes, you can. And this is a great big silver lining in some of these bogus judicial cases because we're going there. Yes, it's time to litigate the election of 2020. Now, I know Joe Biden's the president, okay? This is not some crazy QAnon whatever, all right? President Trump is not coming back as president no earlier than January 20th of 2025, all right? That's the inauguration day. That's the day. That's the day. And the election is in November of 2024. So Joe Biden is the uh, president right now. But it's okay to have very deep concerns about that election. All right. And, um, and uh, because they can screw it up for us again. Don't you think? Um, uh, let's see here. Mario, how are you? Pretty good. I want you and your father. And Rudy and Rita and John Casamitis and Margot to petition this parole board to keep those animals who killed Officer Byrne from being paroled. One is going to be up now, next week. The other one in the fall. They murdered that Officer Byrne in February 1988 at the behest of that scum, Pappy Mason, the crack king. We've got to stop this, Greg. You have influence. We have to stop this. That's a good point. It's a good point. The getaway driver is about to be uh, paroled, right? He was more than a getaway driver. He distracted Byrne while the other three sported among the scums of the earth emptied their guns into Byrne to intimidate the witness who came forward. And they were paid $2,000 each. Now we know the cost of a cop, $8,000 to kill a cop. This has to stop, Greg. You have power. Well, I, you know, I got a mouth. I mean, I, I, I got a pen and I got a, uh, who the hell can stop this? Who do we have to petition? I guess we got a petition, uh, cause the parole board already made their decision. The person who could turn it around, can the governor, can Kathy Hochul? Shoot, I've been yelling and screaming about what a terrible governor she is. She gonna hold that against me right now? Yeah, no, what happened to um, that that officer, I remember it so well. I remember President Bush holding up that badge during a State of the Union address. And we'll never forget this officer. We'll never forget it. It's amazing. Now they're going to get out of jail. All right, Mario, i got to do a little bit of research, and thank you for reminding us. Uh, very much so, very much so. Uh, let's see here. Where's that other guy? Uh, Gail, hello. Good afternoon, Greg. You know, um, it was very heartfelt what that man just said. Anyway, um, I was reading in the Staten Island Advance that on Friday about two dozen migrants arrived in Tompkinsville. Uh, none of them spoke Spanish. Some French or Wolf 
a West African language. Some came via Maritonia, via Turkey, Colombia, Central America, Mexico, with a brief connecting flight. Some came from Senegal. Another came from African Republic. And Mr. Adams, the mayor, he stated, this is my problem. No, you created this number one problem, Mr. Adams. You said the dam is burst. These so-called migrants, Greg, they're going to become vagrants soon. You know, Greg, I am very charitable. Um, I give year-round to Tunnel to Towers and many other charities, and I know where Tunnel to Towers goes. I, I know where that money is going, Mr. Mayor. You're playing funnel our dollars. And I loved your show last night when you were talking about Vivek Ramaswamy, and I liked it the night before. It was great when you had your little panel on. And that's about it. I mean, I have a lot more to say, but it's just, it just hurts. You know, I'm a taxpayer here like many other people. And, you know, to watch this guy do the boogaloo, he's so full of it. I'm so tired of this. I would move out of here so fast, unfortunately. I have my family here. You know, and they're going to try to portray you, oh, gosh, look at how uncharitable, look at how, how xenophobic. No, anybody, all right? We don't want strangers from other countries who have not adopted our values, our way of life. If you come here legally, if you swear an oath of allegiance, fantastic. Glad to have you. All right. Welcome to America. That's a whole, you know, people from all over the place. But to come in here illegally and fanning out all over the country, down the block from me, who the hell are you? I know you're a criminal. You already committed a crime in coming here. And then for Democrats to... uh be throwing money around like this, it's it's more it's more than sinister. It's evil. Gail, thank you very, very much. And then, wait, Barbara, and then i got to go to the mayor. Uh, hello, Barbara. Yes, hi. Hi, yes. Hi, Greg. I, I read two very upsetting articles today. One article about um, Mayor Giuliani uh, having difficulties, as many people are now being targeted like this, have difficulties paying all their bills because of the thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars now that these charges have brought upon them. And when I read that about Mayor Giuliani, I wanted to cry. I mean, everyone in America loves Mayor Giuliani. Everyone who lived through 9-11 will never change in their respect for him. And so to know that this could happen to him is just heart-wrenching. And then, and then the other article I read that has me um, very upset is about the um, upcoming indictment in this jail in Georgia where Donald Trump and and the 18 other co-defendants will be booked at a jail that's under investigation for conditions so bad and so filthy that a prisoner died from bed bug bites in his sleep. And that's the sheriff who now has promised to take President Trump's mugshot. All right. Well, we're going to fix that. You know what? Uh, the Secret Service, the Secret Service better, and they must protect our president. He, he, it, this is such a this is insanity that you, I, I, now I'm getting. You're right. You're right. Everything you say. But the Secret Service, I think that they can handle this sheriff. They don't mugshot President Trump. And if they do, it'll be the most iconic and famous and beloved image uh, in the world. Uh, listen, let's bring in the mayor right now. Mr. Mayor, uh, you know, it's funny. Barbara just said America's Americans love you for 9-11, and, and they do, and we'll never forget that. But quite frankly, your contributions in this moment 
at this time, your work as a lawyer, this, this, this is your defining moment. This outshadows all of your many, many accomplishments, uh, in my opinion. How are you? I'm, I'm really okay, and the article was really planted by someone who's trying to cause trouble. Uh, it is true that the bills are enormous, but I, I, I'll find a way to handle it. It's not, I'm, I'm not as bad off as a lot of people. Uh, and there's no rift between me and Donald Trump. I don't know how many articles I read that I was going to cooperate and testify. And I do cooperate. I tell the truth. They don't like it. <laughs> the truth is that in all the time I've represented Donald Trump, I've been representing an innocent man. That makes me very passionate. Uh, it's a, quite a burden as a lawyer to represent an innocent man. Uh, from the moment I represented him, I felt that burden. And when I began representing him, the majority of people in the country wanted him impeached. And I helped to turn that around. And the reality is that they lie, they try to make trouble. Uh, Mark Meadows was going was gonna to cooperate, remember that? Yeah. Uh, Mark Meadows is going to fight this like, like I am. And uh, it's very unfair. And I actually was having the conversation this morning with Ted, and we came to the same conclusion that this is the, um, the most difficult and maybe the most important thing that I've done. Because uh, I, I, I'm not exaggerating it. I think the future of our country is in the balance of whether we're going to be the country that we inherited or we're going to become the monstrosity that Biden has created. You said that there were some basic mistakes in the indictment. You didn't want to share them the other day. You wanted to hold them back. I, I, are you ready? Have you, have, are you sure, making them public can, now? I can do one or two. I, for example, the removal uh, uh, thing under 28 U.S.C. 1442A. I knew, I really figured that one out three weeks ago. I took it, I took it out, I put it in my folder, and I never mentioned it because I didn't want her to be alerted to it because she could have written that indictment in a way that would have made removal more difficult. Sorry, removal of what? What does that mean? Removal of the federal court. Ah. Uh, uh, 28 U.S.C. 1442A says that uh, if you're a federal official or you're acting under the uh, authority of a federal official, their agent, like their lawyer, and, and uh, the case involves uh, federal issues, you can remove it from state court to federal court because they don't want all different states making different decisions about what the federal practices should be. Now, it happens to be that in that circuit, the Fifth Circuit, that she's in, they have the most generous and most liberal laws regarding uh, removal. In other words, they're very easy on it compared to some of the other circuits. All right. So uh, Meadows is going to win, and so am I, because I'm going to file a removal petition. I already have it written, uh, and I didn't bring it out before because I don't think she's much of a lawyer, and I, did, I didn't think she even bothered to look at that. And when I looked at the indictment, I realized... You see, for example, where she puts in all of those um, false allegations about other states, that makes the removal of the federal court much easier. I love it. And if she had an- confined it to if she had confined it to Georgia, I think we would still win. Uh, but it would be a tougher argument. Is there another mistake in there you can tell us? <laughs> yeah, uh, unequivocally, where she claims that I edited the tape. Uh, there's uh, unequivocal evidence I never had my hands on the tape. Which tape? The phone uh, the call one, tape? 
Yeah, the one on 8th Athens uh, at the arena, showing them uh, taking the ballots out, throwing everybody out, and taking the ballots out from under a, uh, a desk that had a black uh, thing over it. Uh, they look like uh, they're, they're, they're robbing a bank. And uh, they threw everyone out, which violates uh, Georgia law. Georgia law requires that ballots be counted in public. Well, you see them throw the public out. And then you see them case the joint. And then after that's over, they go over to a very large table that has a big blanket over it. And they take these ballots out and they start furiously counting them. Oh, boy. Of course, the governor and the, and the crooked attorney general uh, said it was perfectly uh, proper. All they, right. che- they investigated it. It was perfectly proper. Uh, you know, R- Rafsenberger had a report. That the election was uh, had an enormous number of irregularities, and he hid it for two and a half years. So, what's the latest on you turning yourself in? What's going to happen? Uh, I don't know. Uh, probably going to do it next week, and I have to figure out how we do it, considering we're going to do a removal as well. So, man, uh, you know, you can go. You can go any time, day or night. I think I may go at two in the morning. Why? <laughs> Just to screw them up. I don't know. Oh boy, I I, I, I I don't know. I wanna, I wanna. I, I consider it. I consider it uh, one of the worst things that's ever happened in the history of our country with with the doing of the president, and then to everybody else that is part of his team. I mean, yeah, that, half the people in that indictment, I don't know. Well, you know, you can walk in there with your head held. Damn high. right, I am. Absolutely, Mr. Mayor. Where uh, we support you, and um, uh, this is so important. I also unfortunate. happen to know what a crooked city and county Fulton County is. Oh, yeah. They're messing they're, with they're the wrong cor- guy. We just heard you're an amazing from, lawyer. They're corrupt from top to bottom. Ms. Mayor, um, have a great show, and we'll talk later, okay? I will, and thank you, and thank you Greg. And, and stick with that Officer Byrne thing. His brother worked for me, and his father was one of the co-chairmen of my campaign, my first campaign for mayor. Wow. Wow, I didn't know that. And, and, and uh, You need me. I mean, I've been talking about it. You need me to... Go crazy about it, I will. Okay, hey, let, yeah, well, let's all yeah. ramp it up. Yeah. Thank you, sir, and we'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Does anybody remember Zachary's, the nightclub in East Meadow? Zachary's, come dressed to impress at Zachary's. Zachary's, conveniently located in the Model Shopping Center. <laughs> Zachary's, where the elite come to play, right next to Models in East Meadow on Hempstead Turnpike. Uh, I used to love that place, love talking about that place. I actually never went to that place. I couldn't go. I was too young. I was a minor at the time, and uh, I was not into the fake ID thing. A lot of the guys I was hanging with, and I couldn't hang with them when they started drinking that beer and stuff like that. Not that I was a goody-goody two-shoe or whatever, but I did not like the taste and a lot of other things and Anyway, all right, got to wrap it up. Uh, who's been on hold for a hell of a long time? Uh, Rick, hi. Hey, Greg, thanks for taking my call. I've heard this daddy owes uh, your kids before. Your mommy and daddy ruined the world, so you get to do whatever you want. You get free food, free clothing, free school, free health care. And if you want to vandalize or rob stores, go ahead and do it. Huh? It's all, it's all tied to the global warming scam. They tell the children. Wait, their wait, 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 wait. Let me just play this thing from Joe, Joe Biden again, okay, with the whisper and the daddy thing. It's. Uh, and I want to say one thing to your children. 
I know some really great ice cream places around here. <laughs> and Daddy owes you. Yeah. So talk to me afterwards. All right. Oh, wait. So you're saying what again? What does that mean? Daddy and Mommy owe you because they destroyed the, the planet. You have no future. Oh, is that what he's getting at? So you get to do whatever you want because Daddy owes you. Oh, all right. So it's not some sort of pseudo weirdo sexual thing. Well, it is a little bit because it's Joe Biden and he's a pedophile. But other than that. <laughs> all right, wait, we don't know officially he's a pedophile, although he has been very, very inappropriate with children and old ladies and everything. All right. All right, Rick, thank you. And uh, let's see here. I got to wrap it up. Oh, wait, Christine, our favorite uh, transgender individual from Connecticut. And why is she our favorite? Because she made a decision as an adult and doesn't think that 18 and under should have anything to do with it. Welcome back, Christine. Hey, Greg. Well, happy Friday. Well, you know what? It's Thursday. A Thursday. I'm sorry. I have the week. This is my weekend. So my days are all screwed up anyway. Letitia James and William Tong joined 15 other states to join Massachusetts to allow schools to hide uh, when a kid comes out to a teacher from their parents about their gender confusion. And this could put kids down a very slippery slope with their long-term future health, Greg. And this is all from the left and and the lamestream media going along with this nonsense, Greg. We have to stop it. All right. Uh, Who's the governor that they're working with? Who, where, what? This is Massachusetts, a town called Ludlow outside Springfield. Their school district made a policy that when a kid comes out to their teacher, they're going to hide this from the parents. So Letitia James jumped on board with this, as did William Tong here in Connecticut. Oh, my gosh, really? Friends of the court kind of thing, an amicus brief or whatever. Letitia James, I don't even think she's a real lawyer. Remember when she went to the drag time story hour? It's amazing. You know, she tries to throw President Trump in jail, and she goes to the drag queen story hour with children. That should be against the law. You should be. A, she should be in jail. Seriously, she should be in jail, along with the governor, along with that guy in Massachusetts and Connecticut. Thank you, Christine. Thank you all. I'll see you later.